Welcome to Trust the Journey. I'm Jason Maletsky. And I'm Melanie Curtis. Our mission is to live, laugh, love, and learn together with you. True that. We are here to create conscious connections, to grow and contribute through our practice of openness, honesty, vulnerability, humility, and trust. Trusting the entire journey. True that. (laughs) If you would like to find us on the internet, which you probably already have, we are at trustthejourney.today. That will get you to our website where you can get some swag. If you want to get a shirt or a hoodie, it'll get you to our Patreon donation page. If you scroll down to the bottom of the page there, it says donate now. And if you become a member on Patreon, we would really appreciate it. It really helps us out a lot to maintain all the energies that are needed to go into this show and to produce it. And our Patreon members are invited into a special group called the Trust the Journey family, which we curate as a as a family. We're all involved in the curation of that. And it's a safe space for everybody to share anything that they want to into that space and for us to converse in and know that we'll be supported and, and held up um, wherever, wherever we're coming, however we're coming to it, wherever we're needed there. So you can also find us on Instagram, trustthejourney.today, and that's a great place to reach out to us through our direct messages and Facebook and Spotify I know. or Apple. Yeah. Or, you, know, you can find us all over the place. So subscribe on Spotify, subscribe on, on iTunes, get out there and follow the podcast and thank you so much for being here today yeah for sure and and part of what the patreon support pays for is our audio engineer kimberly joy voice she's awesome it's taken some of the workload off of our shoulders which really is making it possible to continue the show it's so awesome if you need an audio engineer hire her kimberly joy voice at gmail.com and she'd love to help you So yeah, with that, let's dive in to today's topic. So what are we talking about today? Today, (laughs) today we are, we're going to do a dive into the idea of navigating tough transitions. So what does that look like? What can we think about? What can we do? What are maybe some things we've faced in the past? Where are we now? If that's of, of, of relevance, and just see what we find. Well, I can tell you straight away how I deal with tough transitions or how I've dealt with them in the past. I go straight to the liquor store and I get a bottle of booze and a bunch of beer and we start drinking. Oh, my God. <laughs> Not me. I mean, oh God, I guess so I, many years. I guess like I used oh. to do that. Yeah. Oh, my God. I definitely did that. I've, I've always been pretty good at interrupting those types of cycles, though. Luckily, luckily. Well, I mean, for years, I had no system, right? Like they didn't, this wasn't a class in school, right? Like it it should be a class in school that explains to us how to deal with challenging transitions, tough things, like navigating conflicts. Like how do we, what do we, what's the mechanism that we employ when we find ourselves in a difficult situation? And I mean, when I grew up, there was no education on that and you're just, tossed into the emotional ring and you had to slug it out with yourself in some way and that meant at least in the culture where i came from it meant getting some alcohol and drinking in a way drinking your way through your problems yeah 
Oh yeah, yeah, man. Well, and you already point to something I think important is that it tough transition. What, what even is that? It could be a tough relational transition. It could be a tough situational transition. It could be a tough financial transition. It could be a tough existential transition. Like it could be lots and lots of different things. You know what I mean? That all elicit emotional challenge inside of us. Like, so I think that's part of what we're talking about is how do we navigate the feelings that come up in particular versions of emotional challenge? Cause they vary, right? You know, yeah. Oh, scarcity, yeah. fear and financial transition might feel similar to, uh, an abandonment fear in a relational conflict or something like that, but they're not the same, you know, they're also yeah. different. Yeah, absolutely. And there's so many different types uh, you know, that there's not just one system or one methodology, one program to follow that's going to get us to where we need to be every time. We're going to have to look at every situation individually and where we are, like what 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 state are we in when we find ourselves challenged by a transition and how prepared are we to deal with it? How how can we actually put it on the top of the list for what needs to get dealt with right now? Sometimes no. Right. Sometimes it needs to literally just get shelved and be like, well, that's going to get dealt with after these other things that are more important right now. And I certainly know for myself that when I'm in a very challenged position, I may just say, I'm just not going to deal with that right now. I'm going to put it on pause while I take some time to like reflect on myself and get a better understanding of where I am and how I truly feel about where I'm at, where I'm at before actually making a decision or an action in reference to that, because I don't want to react. I want to act. Yeah, that's so smart. The pause is a powerful, powerful tool. It's not an, it can certainly be, people can certainly use, oh, I'm going to wait. I'm not going to deal with that. That can be an avoidance tactic. That's not what I feel like you're saying. What I feel like you're speaking to is the wise move of pausing such that we do not respond in emotion, so that we, such Absolutely. that we don't react from emotion, such that we can regain our consciousness around our values, around all situational elements. We can acknowledge and take ownership of things we might have contributed to cause the situation, like where, which is usually in emotion where we go immediately to defense. We go immediately to blame. We go immediately to just anger or upset. And those typically do not assist in navigating any tough transition. The emotional wave will break, you know, it's just a matter of time of allowing the, the, the stormy seas to calm. And at some point, things will be much more navigable because we won't be dealing with those crashing waves of emotion. And it's a chemical reaction, right? Like we are chemical beings. There's something triggers us. We're like, we're going through some challenging situation. We get all these emotions that are happening, which are chemical responses. And those literally need to run themselves dry so that they're not occurring anymore. The chemical reaction needs to cease. And once that happens, we can then have a, a less clouded view of what it, where it is that we're trying to get to, what is it we're trying to do? What's our actual, what's our destination? And, and that 
oftentimes takes some clarifying, you know, where are we trying to go? Because a lot of the time, if a challenging transition occurs and we haven't been the ones to instigate it, we're suddenly blindsided by something because we haven't, you know, seen whatever our failings to notice. Yeah, yeah. And the next thing we know is we're not on the same path we thought we were on and we're having to choose our next port essentially like what is the next place we're going to land and and how are we going to resupply and remission ourselves to say this is the next direction i choose to go in yeah i love the notion of getting comfortable with discomfort if i i know right (laughs) not fun right no it speaks to the over i don't know what's the what's the way i want to say this like the overvaluing of happiness which sounds so bad because of course happiness matters but in the short term if we can be more masterful through the very normal humanity that we all are living which includes quite a bit of emotional discomfort. If we can be more masterful during those times of discomfort, we can not only learn how to shorten those, but we can learn how to see the value in them. Like some of the the highest values in my life are the times where I really worked through a tough transition, where I was challenged to be in discomfort for a long time, where I started to access and learn how strong I am, how much more capable I am than I ever thought before. All of that stuff is only found inside of those tough transitions. So as opposed to looking at tough transitions and being like, how can I get this over with as soon as possible? I'm like, oh, this is my opportunity to bring consciousness to something challenging. And I, as a value, value challenges. I lean into them as chosen. So when they come my way, when, when they are not chosen, I try to embrace them in the same way. I was just relating to what you had to say there through a metaphor that is a, is a regular action within my life and trying to say, yeah, how did I, how do I feel throughout the course of this experience? Is it like a pleasant experience the whole time and I'm thinking about climbing mountains it's something I do as as often as I can Type and as fun. often as I'm up as I'm up for it yeah and so you know the concept of like oh we should be in a state of happiness or we should be optimist we should be in this like positive mind frame all the time it's a yes and types answer for me where I say yes I need to be optimistic yes I need to believe that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Yes, I need to believe that I'm going to be able to achieve whatever needs to be achieved to get through this challenge. But the and is it's going to be hard in the meantime, and it's not going to be fun. A lot of it's going to be slogging through the shit, like the really hard grinding for however long it takes to get to it. So I can think about the you know the 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 mountain metaphor is great and I'll, I'll play into it a little bit because 
you often have a very beautiful idea of like this, how, what the experience is going to be like. You're like, oh, this is going to be great. We're going to do this adventure. And as you approach the obstacle, it looks amazing. You get this beautiful scenic thing where you're like, yeah, we're going to overcome this amazing, beautiful thing. And as you get closer to it, you suddenly have to engage the actual challenge, right? And when the challenge engages, then it's not fun at all. All of a sudden, it becomes really hard work for a very long time. And rarely throughout that process are you actually having an experience that you're not having to create within yourselves as a positive direction that you're going in. Yeah. You're constantly reinforcing your own journey to say, ah, oh, this is, it's going to work. I can keep going. Like, you know, the positiveness that goes along behind it. And it's all for that like summit experience of like when you finally crest the ridge and you get to the top and you get to be like, see all the work that you've done to get where you're going. And then you can exhale and then you get the breath and then you realize you're only halfway there and you have to get back down again. And there's this whole thing of like, oh, shit, I, the, the most dangerous part is the descent. Yeah. So when I relate that to navigating a challenging transition, oftentimes we're blindsided by the circumstances that arise. We have no idea that things are the way they are. And the next thing you know, we're in a challenging situation and we've got to f- figure out how to put our positive focus is like, all right, well, let's work towards the end goal here. Let's try to figure out where we need to get to and how we're going to get there. And let's do the work that's required to get there. And then the most of the time we think we've got there. And what we realize is we're only halfway there. We've, we've got easily all that work to do again or more yeah. to get to where we really need to be in our lives, in our relationships, in whatever circumstances we're in to, you know, be able to put a, put a pin in it and say, that's finally done. That touches right back to the whole premise of our show and this community is that is the recognition of the journey being the value and trusting the journey, even when, and how expectation of an outcome or an end point can really be setting us up for emotional pain and, and challenge if we think or want something to be quote unquote over, you know what I mean? And and that's it. The, like there's a pretense inside of our culture that idolizes the achievement Mm -hmm. rather than the work. Yeah. And so at least I grew up with this concept I think largely from television and movies, I have to say that it's probably come from mainstream media that, success is is achieving something it is arriving somewhere and i've read into this a lot because as a athlete a world level competitive athlete i had these devastating experiences where i thought when i finally achieve my goals i'll have this i don't know i don't know i, I don't know some some feeling that'll like value everything yeah and i had the most horrible empty alone feeling that i could have ever imagined yeah instead and our culture sets us up for this unknowingly where we're like oh yeah well we're gonna we're gonna get to our goal and then we're gonna find happiness yeah rainbow the pot of gold that whole scenario and it's not like that the real 
value is in the day, every single day that we spend and where we spend it, who we spend it, how we spend it, what we're doing. And so let's pivot that back onto the topic of navigating a tough transition. The challenge of navigating a transition is not getting through it, but finding the value in it. Yeah. Love that frame. Love that frame. The idea of the pinnacle and the big achievement as uh, the solving piece, like the, the answer to happiness is a very narcotic marketing message. Mm. People, it seems so great. Oh, if I just do this, I'll be happy. If I just do this, I'll be happy. Now, I want to bring up something more specific because it's easy. I mean, well, none of this is easy per se, but the idea of taking on a singular goal and working towards something or, you know, navigating some situational challenge is one thing. And then there it's quite another when it's a relational challenge. Like, for example, when a friendship ends or when a friendship that you thought was one way then becomes clear through some new action or some new incident and it's it's brought into new light and the you know depth of connection a person thought they might have had is clearly not there and there's a grieving process around that and that can be really really painful for people i'm bringing this up because i was just talking about this with some other friends And uh, it's very present and real for them right now in their lives. And I was wanting to talk about it to see what you had to say about that type of transition also, because it, they, it's almost like losing a friendship can be more painful than losing someone through death can be more painful than losing someone through divorce. Right. It's, it's that because there's such an underpinning of friendship is an unconditional safe, accepting space and implied what we were talking about last episode about showing up, people show up. And then when they don't or something happens, it's, it can be really, really painful to reconcile that. I absolutely hear where you're coming from. Uh, I can relate through saying that a few years ago, uh, one of my very best friend of 20 years decided we're not going to be friends anymore. Oof. Ouch. And wrote me a long letter and explained all the reasons why Wow, uh, they felt that it wasn't appropriate for us to be friends. And a lot of it was a complete blindside to me where I, uh, the perspectives or the opinions seemed like things that should have been conversations long ago or that were implicit or that were understood and the you know, opinions were completely different than, than how I imagine them being perceived. And I had no way to respond to it except to respect the position and say, okay, if that's how you feel, yeah. I going to accept that that's how you feel. And I'm not going to try to change it because the, what's being communicated was clearly written down and said, I don't, I don't want these things. I, this is how I feel and this is where things stand. And so, okay. Yeah. That's a boundary that's being employed and I, I don't care to 
fight an uphill battle to try to overcome a boundary that somebody else is putting in place. You know, if it's, it's not a, it's a lose, lose scenario to yeah. try and do that. And so yeah. that's, that's been put on, you know, the side burner to say, okay, let's just let that lie mm-hmm. until some time has passed and we'll see how things go and re- approach, re, you know, reapproach it at a future date. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely had things like that happen as well. Uh, More, less direct, you know what I mean? Where, uh, and I've, and I've done it. I've done it to other people. I'm not proud of this part of what I've done. I have definitely ghosted friends in the past and it's something I, I feel shame around. I mean, I'm healing them, forgiving myself. I've, you know, worked on forgiving myself around those things because it's so painful. You know what I mean? And I've also accepted that if I choose to step away from a person, then that's all right. Also, like, for example, you in your more elevated, maybe healed place, were able to receive that, which is great, speaks volumes about if we are talking about navigating tough transitions, when we have an elevated level of our own peace and belonging in ourselves, we're able to accept rejection we're able to accept change and what would historically have leveled us and devastated us we can receive it and and meet it with acceptance that is much harder to do when we haven't cultivated those skills so if i think about you know being ghosted as a friend back in the day it was absolute agony i was crying every day I had no idea. I could not reconcile. It was very difficult to reconcile why this would happen. And, you know, it's again, it's a long specific story, but like then having basically a repeat situation where I did the same thing, you know, and, and be like, oh, I I have some understanding of what that was like, but also not necessarily communicating as well as I would have liked. But then in future opportunities, communicating very directly. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Like learning how to navigate those things I think can be very messy and we can bring a gentleness to, to how we look at other people as they navigate a challenge because it's really hard. We only all have a certain level of skill at the time we have it. We're only going to be capable of doing what we're doing at the time at our level of, of skill and awareness. And cause that's the thing, like I, if I really look about, look at myself and where I would, was judging of other people and how they maybe navigated transitions with me in the past versus also how I've navigated transitions in the past and then seeing how I've grown and learned and how I've been able to really he, like feel stuff like that in a different, more accepting, peaceful way. It's, it's clear over time, but it's, I just want to acknowledge the challenge and the, and the real growth in, in those experiences we all have. It's interesting. The thing that I, I heard in there the most that really jumped out to me was having the skills mm-hmm. to be able to communicate or navigate the circumstance or the situation. And I immediately think of a friendship that was dear to me one that i held very close it meant a lot to me and a situation arose that put a straight stop to that friendship from my position i'm like this i just can't 
continue on being friends if this is the actions that are being taken. Mm -hmm. And but at the time, I had no skill set to communicate that. I was unable to iterate it in any way except to close the door and walk the other direction kind of circumstance. And 20 years later, the same person reached out to me to say, hey, you know, it's been a long time. How are you? And I started off my communication with a much improved skill set to say, nice to hear from you. Here's where we left off. This is what I was unable to communicate at the time. Here's what should have been said and how it should have been said. And here's where we stand. And I apologize for not being able to do that at the time. But it's a skill set I didn't have. And now I do. And here's what why we haven't been friends for the last 20 years. Yep. I've had conversations like that also. Yeah, it's powerful. It's really powerful to to step into those new levels of being able to communicate and i really again if we're we're trying to share stories and and ideas for people to take away from our sharing it, that is something and those skills in my experience are underpinned by my own work of being accepting of my own self and loving of myself and and being gentle and loving of my own humanity and my absolute imperfect engagement with trying to grow that skill set. Like the conversation that you just described, I had that with another person as well. And because I had learned and I knew that I wanted to be transparent, I wanted to acknowledge my failing to communicate at the time, right? All of those things and acknowledge what hurt me, yada, yada, all those things. I had to write it all down. I had to practice saying it out loud in the car multiple times. Every time I practiced, my anxiety was through the roof. And I had the notes when I was on the call and I went through them and I said them with the shakiness in my voice. But I said them, but I said them. And it resulted in a deep healing conversation between myself and this person. That's one of the positive outcomes that I've had. But I mean, I also deem the people that I've communicated a departure from a friendship at positive communication also, because if that's the na- the choice that I've made, that this is what's right for me to end this friendship, then I accept that as positive also. Did you get that scenario where you're trying to read what you've written and your voice is cracking and you're alone and you can't even get the words out? <laughs> well, that's where you start, where I started. That's why yeah, I started. I had, that's why I had to practice like, so ugh. many times and it sounds so silly, but it's like for a person, and this is before I had really some of my bigger awakenings around being silent and not being heard and not having my voice with, you know, through the work I've done with ayahuasca and other, my other ceremonial work, I hadn't discovered that I hadn't healed that yet in myself. So I was still fighting sort of against that f- feeling of being unable to speak. You know what I mean? Of being really afraid to take ownership of what I actually felt, both of my own shameful actions at the time and of just owning that I was hurt. Like that is a, that acknowledgement is very difficult. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, you know, we're allowing ourselves to be seen as weak or vulnerable, right? Yeah. Not that those are the same thing. But 
you know, when we expose our tender underbelly to say, hey, this hurt me or I'm sensitive to these things, we're showing our weaknesses and we're making them available to be wounded again. Yeah. And that takes a lot of courage to be willing to put ourselves in that situation to say, you know, we could now get, we could be taking another blow here if the person's in a position to, you know, respond with anger. Yeah. So it's really challenging. Yeah. You know? Anyway, but you that's know, just one example of a tough transition, but a relational one that was present in my world that I thought would be useful to talk about today. But is there anything else that's on your, that's coming up well, for you? Yeah. I mean, my emotional journey has been one where I'm much better at it now. I have to say all the work with meditation, all the work with ayahuasca and psilocybin, all the work in my marriage, in my relationships uh, that has been around listening and receiving, all the therapy, all these things have made huge inroads to improve my ability to sort and process the feelings that I'm experiencing when I find myself in a challenged situation. Yep. So as a younger man who went through a challenging early life and didn't receive a lot of the skill set or education of how to manage these things, I was already angry Mm -hmm. all the time. Yeah. So being, you know, pretty much in a state of anger at all times, it meant that that was my my initial reaction was to retaliate in some way uh, emotionally. Mm-hmm. And when I find myself in a challenge transition, I can think of some of my early relational breakups. You know, they're great examples where I became uh, bonded or dependent, codependent with a, a woman, a relationship that I've had. And that breakup would tear me apart at the seams yep. and I would lose emotional stability Come and go to bawling and crying, go to fits of anger, go to all these like big emotional outbursts. And that would lead to then expressing those emotions and diving into and becoming those emotions through demonstrations of uh, physical anger, like punching holes in the wall, kicking things, throwing things, like just really immature mm-hmm poorly managed temper and it really just came meant i had no i didn't know how to process these things i didn't know how to receive that what was coming up from inside me i didn't know where to put it or how to do what to do with it and some of the things that um were outlets for me was um speed if i could go fast everything slows down and gets really quiet yeah and so riding my motorcycle always gave me these places to go that I could go to a quiet place within myself and any kind of flow state. If I could get myself into flow, then I wouldn't be thinking about those emotional challenges I would have, but they would still be lingering. They weren't healed. They were just left there. So, you know, as a younger person growing into a more mature man, what I've learned through these continued experiences, and I don't expect them to end. They're going to happen throughout the course of life. We're still going to end up with these challenging emotional experiences is now when I find myself in a position where I'm gutted all of a sudden, somebody 
pulls their love away Mm -hmm. and says, I don't want to be this close anymore, then I'm not necessarily going to have these big emotional outbursts. I'm going to recognize that the emotions are coming up and be able to identify them, first of all, to say what I'm feeling. Like, this is what's happening. Recognize the experience and then not be, be, not become what I'm experiencing. But this is the meditation drill is recognize what I'm experiencing, observe what I'm experiencing, allow that experience to occur without becoming connected to it and having to express it in some way. I don't need to yell. I don't need to throw something. I don't need to punch something. I don't need to curl up and cry. I don't need to physically manifest whatever I'm feeling. I can just feel the wave coming and I don't need to shut it down. I don't need to reach for a bottle or a bag or whatever is going to help me to numb Mm -hmm. whatever set of emotions is occurring. I just need to recognize that 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 wave is going to come up and that wave is going to break. And after it breaks, it will calm. And my last example of when I went through a very challenging one of these transitions, I found myself in this, like the wave hit big, right? Like I got the big push of like, oh shit, what am I going to do? Yeah. Kind of like the panicky feeling of like groundlessness, mm-hmm. right? I have no idea where I am or where I'm, what I'm going because I had this whole plan of how things were going to go. And now all of a sudden things are not going that way at all. And I don't know what to do with myself. And my thoughts went like around the room. Like I could grab a bottle of whiskey or I could grab a bag of something and I could go ride my bike. I could do whatever. I could go jump. I could da, 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 like this, you know, chaotic reaching for some way to satiate yeah. the emotional experience. And I caught myself and was like, what, what, what are you doing? Go, go to the ocean. Mm-hmm. And I got in the car and I drove to the ocean and I, threw my surfboard under my arm and I walked out into the ocean. And as soon as I was waist deep in the ocean, all those emotions were gone. Yeah. I calmed right down. I got totally chill, totally easy to breathe again. I got my breath back. I got that like awareness of self. And part of it's from the literal immersion in the water, from being in a a natural environment that says, you know, when you're in the ocean, that's what you're thinking about, yeah. really. Like your mind's not somewhere else. And being held by that natural, like it's like getting a hug from my mom mm-hmm. kind of feeling, right? Like going for that, looking for that feeling of being held. And the water did that so well for me. Ugh. And so I'm so proud of myself for not employing any of those self-destructive systems to numb or cover or you know, enrage or engage those emotions, but actually looking to something that was going to help me to center myself and balance myself and allow the wave to break and just, and I actually just stood there in the ocean, like just under chest deep for about 10 or 15 minutes and just kind of let the water just move around and it all passed. I felt calm. And afterwards I was able to get back and be like, oh, this is all, it's, it's fine. Everything's fine. All that emotion was just emotion and it's no big deal. It's so, there's so many amazing touch points in that share of yours, Jay. The temporary nature of emotion, the temporary nature of situations, that is a huge thing to remember 
because it's so easy when we're overcome by emotion in a, in a scenario, in a spike or triggered moment uh, to think it will be like, we'll feel that way forever. But also the fact that we cannot selectively numb. That's a Brene Brown thing where if we numb the negative emotions that we feel, and I say negative without judgment, if we, if we numb the painful, challenging emotions, we also numb the joyful, connected, peaceful ones and block that healing. We hold that stuff in our body and thus we basically, in effect, poison ourselves because that stays in our body. We don't feel, feel it fully. Um, you also pointed to the skill of self-awareness and I, I, and the skill of slowing down. If we're talking about what is, what are skills, what are things people can take away? Because a challenging navigating a tough transition could be a month. It could be a year. It could be a a conversational moment. It, It can be lots of different time, time units of what we have as challenge. So we'll basically need to re-engage these things over and over and over again as the waves of emotion come our way. The other thing I want to point out that I saw in your share, which I think is so important, is that you opted for a healthy coping thing. Like you allowed the feelings and you still took care of yourself. So it's not that, oh, we have feelings. We're not supposed to do anything to try to make them dissipate sooner. It's that what do we choose to help them dissipate sooner such that we can get back to a calm place, such that we can make a conscious values aligned decision in whatever we're facing or simply be patient because no action needs to be taken at this time. And there's so many different things there. That that's a huge one, right? Like I think one of the mistakes that we often make, and this is where we started off with, is we feel like we need to react to the heightened state of emotion that we're. I can't feel this way. Yeah. 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 And so we feel like some kind of action of you know whatever it is we think is necessary at the time is going to help, and that is almost a hundred percent wrong every time like the best thing we can always do for ourselves is to take pause and to take an assessment of where things really are and usually if we're feeling a heightened state of emotion then our relative perspective on what needs what action needs to be taken is it's it's inaccurate so we need to take stock of that and say hey if i'm feeling upset in any way shape or form excited or depressed then either one of those are not the places to be acting from right there's something we need to let those highs and lows get closer to the middle somewhere before we do anything Mm -hmm. you know that's going to affect our future yeah yeah and you also point to if we again talk about tactics people can take away you're pointing to physical things that people can do okay you went to the ocean you immersed yourself in nature you did something healthy for your body physical movement on the mindset side of the house when we do pause and we're able to choose consciously into one of these skills that we want to practice something we can think about is 
practicing the self validation of the humanity of your, of that moment. You can, and it's, it's easy for our brain if it involves another person or something like that. It's easy for our brain to go to these places of blame, of righteousness, of doomsday. You know, the human brain is so, so conditioned to see negativity as a defense mechanism as it on its own. Uh, it's important for us to recognize that that's likely to happen to our brain. And so one of the things we can do is, is genuinely validate ourselves and go, it's totally understandable that I would be feeling this way right now. That doesn't mean you're right. It doesn't mean you're wrong. It doesn't mean you have to do anything. It's just going, this is normal that you're responding, that you feel this way. You're not wrong for having feelings like you're human and your humanity is beautiful. Like just acknowledge and validate your humanity. That's one thing. The second mental tool that I would want people to take and, and start practicing in tough transitions or whatever, but is to assume positive intent where other people are involved. It might not be right there might be malintent. There might be a malicious intent behind some action that someone has taken that has put you into a challenging situation. But when we can assume positive intent or at the very least neutral intent, that takes the trigger of our perception of a situation or of a person or what's been done to us or what's happening and brings it down into that reasonable zone. And that's a very, very good point. I've seen myself struggle with that exact topic, especially when communications are delivered through written text rather than vocally expressed or face-to-face or audible. Yeah, It's much easier to skew the intention or the context of what's being shared when it's in a text message or in a written form, like in an email or on a piece of paper, because we don't necessarily hear the inflection that's being used and what the tone is that's connected to something. And it's a lesson for both sides of our own experience in when we communicate something in written form, be proactive to include verbs and tones that imply the tone that you want to be expressed. So if it, if it sh- if it's being said with a note of care or love or a positive intention, add something into the writing that says that this is being expressed that way. Yes. If it's written in a completely neutral way, we have no way to understand without the inflection of the tone connected to it of an audible share or of physically observing somebody with our own eyes of what intention is it positive is it neutral or is it negative we Mm -hmm. just have we 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 read into it and we pull out whatever we think we're hearing and it's really really difficult to it's man the the last year with with covid and so much um isolation and so much communication happening from our electronic devices especially has really shown that to be a big issue for, yeah. for me anyways. I really recognize it. I challenge. love that you brought this up. That's a huge, huge, huge deal. Huge skill, especially as it relates to navigating tough transitions, which 
in the case of this, involve other people. Some of the major work that I do as a life coach with certain clients, it depends on the client, depends on what they are working me with me for, but is helping them learn how to write in exactly that way, how to really get, get connected and understand what uh, the different tonalities of emails can be and how we can be more clear and softer. A lot of times it's how do we get a, a softer delivery? And it's not, again, to like dance around an issue or not be direct. It's, it's to make that communication as emotionally safe as if someone were talking to you. Because like, again, we talk about that emotional safety. That's another thing we can think about as a touchstone of how do we navigate tough transitions with other people involved, continuously bring a culture and tone of emotional safety, period. So that's exactly something that came up when I was listening to your last share there. Uh, One of the ways that is proven through... I mean, I'm not going to try and quote where this comes from, but I know in some of my absorbing of information, yeah, I've there are countless read, audible books and podcasts yeah, and all the things yeah. that we listen to. Yeah. Yeah. That one of the primary ways for us to connect to somebody else and to feel that system of support is through empathy, right? That we're seeking empathy from somebody else to say, look, here's where I'm challenged. This is what's hard sympathy is not going to help. Empathy is what's necessary. And oftentimes that is something that we need to express to ourselves as well. We need to empathize with our own situation. And if we can, if we can give ourselves some empathy and say, Hey, you know, this is not easy. This is hard. This is can't be expected that you're just going to, you know, ace this and do it expertly. Then, it's easier to forgive ourselves for the imperfections in our process and the fact that we're human and and may not have have the skill set at all and we're trying to develop it on the fly where when it suddenly becomes necessary. Yeah. So that connection to each other through empathy being the goal. And so that's that brings me to this kind of thing where um if I'm looking to navigate a challenging transition. What I want to do is empathize with the other party's challenge. Find a way to say, what is it that they're struggling with right now? How can I relate to that struggle and say, oh, yeah, yeah, that sucks. Yes. That's a really hard position to be in. Yes. Even if you're the cause of that hard position. Yep. So if you can empathize with their position, then you can they can feel supported and connected and then suddenly you're on the same team and we're not fighting against each other, we're working towards solving whatever the challenge is and getting to you know out of the challenging trends out of you know it's like trying to cross a river we're like midway through the river holding hands and supporting each other while we're walking through is going to help we don't need to do that on either side of the river we can let go we can be on our own two feet but having that support structure during that challenge is it's going to be it's going to help us get through it so true huge huge i love that you shared that one so 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 huge Something that came up for me as you were sharing too is transition and much less a tough transition, any transition, 
you know, tough or otherwise, most of the time a transition, even one that we choose, even one we're excited about is almost always tough (laughs) because change can be challenging. It can be scary. It can be unsettling and just bring about doesn't necessarily mean that we're terrified. It doesn't necessarily mean that we're really upset. It just even feeling unsettled and feeling like our stable foundation has changed, that can feel difficult. That can feel difficult. And the other thing to think about around transitions, chosen or otherwise, is that they take longer than we think. Almost always they take no. way longer no. than we think exactly <laughs> no <laughs> i think it's going to be easy and i'm going to be done with it it'll be over and it's not going to take years to work our way through. it's just going to take years oh my god it's going to take years myself oh. so this is my oh. own life experience and not joking how long have i been life coaching what 14 years or something like that every single client i have ever worked with Every single one and myself working with myself wanted things to go quickly, more quickly than they do, than they were. And we're judging themselves around how long something was taking. Oh my God, why is this taking me so long? I'm clearly a loser because this is taking so long. No, nope. Let that one go team. That's, that's normal. Yeah. I I wanted to touch back on the, uh, we were talking about the written text yeah. and how we express ourselves there. There was a point I wanted to share on Do it. that's been really powerful for me. And we diverted for a second and we can go back to yeah, that. Yeah, I can. Uh, the try this, try this. So everybody listening, try this sometime, okay? This is a really interesting exercise. Go read one of your own texts or emails and read it aloud to yourself with an angry tone to it. Oh man. Yeah. Read it like you're like being mean and then read it in a neutral way and then reread it in a positive, like connective, loving, caring way and see how easy it is for something to be misconstrued with the lack of tone, right? Based on how we've written it. Yep. And then if we want, like go back and add in some positive or reinforcing words that are going to change or anchor the tone in one direction so that we ensure that that's being done. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love that. That's such an interesting, I I will totally do it. I'm not looking forward to it. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, it's really easy. Like you could just scroll back through your texts from today or text from last night. You ever follow those <laughs> texts from last night uh, memes, right? So go back through some of your texts from the last day or two to people that you communicate with a lot and reread it, like kind of yelling. Oh and you'd be like, God. Oh, Oh no, I could have easily been taken. Like I'm a total asshole. You know? Oh shit. I'm right? an accidental asshole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. And I mean, the last thing I feel like I would want to touch on relative to this idea of, you know, navigating tough transitions is, is the workload that I'm under that we keep sort of mentioning in, uh, in our episodes that we've been under so much workload and, and there's so much going on in our lives. 
that is a transit, a tough transition that I'm, I'm glad for like the, and what I mean by transition is for example, like my, my word for 2021 is, is outsource is that to like really start to lift things off my shoulders and learning how to do that is a transition. So like, that's one sort of part of, so it's not just that, oh, I'm loaded up with work and ah, I can't handle it. It's the, what is the solution to this thing, this experience that I recognize as not sustainable, right? So this is a positive situation for me. I'm fucking stoked and I am serious. I love that I have all this work in in my world. I love that I have all the highlight work. I love that my life coaching business is strong and I'm working with all these amazing people. I love it. Every single bit of it. There's no but coming, period. And I recognize it as, thank you, as unsustainable. Like there's no way I can continue at this level. So I'm like, and then I, so I'm, I'm meeting a, a growth edge that I haven't met yet which is a great thing. So I'm at this really great growth edge and there's a transition here. What is the the transition is me learning how to onboard people, to hire more people, onboard more people and actually integrate them into my process, right? And so that we've even done that in a micro way with Kim on Trust the Journey and starting with the guest shows. We're starting to, okay, we've got this process and transition around what are those those backend processes that we're going to have relative to that. So I just want to acknowledge that because it's different than like the kind of other challenges we were talking about earlier, where there's a a high level of emotional hurt and pain. This is not like that, but it's still a challenging transition that is worthy of contemplation and awareness. So I I, summary man stepping in here, do it, letting go of control. Yep. How many times has someone said that to me in my mastermind? multiple times that's that's the biggest transition challenge in our whole life is letting go of control and the things like we think we're in control all the time and we want to manage all the things and want it to be a certain (laughs) way especially if you're ocd or like me or a perfectionist and you really want to have everything a particular way all the time then the idea of handing over control of some aspect of something in your life to somebody else who may not do it as well as you want it to be done. And then also having to accept that that's the level that it's going to be done at or not and having to push for it to be done and do the work to get it done at another level that this whole thing is, that's a major challenge and transition. Yeah. I love that you reinforced that because no joke. I mean, in my weekly mastermind that my business mastermind that I'm a part of, I've brought multiple, I consistently bring Mm, sort of a, a collection of similar challenges because I'm iterating through through these these transitions, these processes, this this learning curve that I'm on, and multiple times it's been okay. It's it's the theme is letting go, <laughs> and I'm like ah, peeling the white knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> also it's fun. good though. It's really good. The funny thing about that is that what we've learned through our careers as professional skydivers and base jumpers is that control is an illusion and the the journey like that actually being present in the moment and really pulling the full joy of experience, whether it's 
being in the middle of doing something really hard or celebrating that we're achieving it or envision it, like whatever part of the process we're in, we have to let go of control to get that started, to get it underway, you know, by stepping off the edge or stepping out the door, we employ the opportunity for change, right? We set in, in motion the wheels of change to say, here we go. Let's see what happens as the outcome here. And we know some jumps go amazing. Yeah. And they're the best experiences. And we we relish in them. And are those the regular? Is that the norm? No, that's the one in 10, the one in 100, the one in 1,000. Yeah. Where we're like, that one went amazing. Most of them are just... Okay. You know, they're whatever. They're <laughs> right. some of them are total shit. Right. Absolute garbage, you know. And we look at those experiences and some of them are profoundly life-changing in a negative way. I know. You know, yeah. but we have to be willing to take those risks and engage that change to say what's going to come of this cuz we can't be static. Static is not permitted in this universe. Mm. You know, there's nothing holds still. Nothing stays the same. Change is the only constant and is always happening. So the best thing we can do is embrace it. Try to become one with it. Yeah. Let go of the idea of control. I love that because the one of the best pieces of advice I ever got, and this is years ago from one of my, my earlier coaches was, yeah, okay. We might be able to prepare and control and, this is back in the day when I, you know, and was less aware of that sort of control being an illusion thing. But like I was starting to starting to touch this concept because I was in the midst of one of my biggest life challenges at the time. But why I bring this up is this particular coach was so insightful and he helped me see that only in that in the unknown, only in the parts that I am in no have no control over have zero control over only in that space do, do the one in a thousand jumps happen. So like if I control everything such that I box out all unknown or all, you know, the, that open space, which again, I, we know is an illusion, but if you know what I mean, I box out all those possibilities that I can't think up. And that is where almost everything that's the best in my life has been found. And so I, from that moment of realization with him and on this one coaching call, I remember I was in my garage. It was just, I was like sad in my car and I was talking to my coach and I really, yeah, I was really grateful to him for that insight because ever since that moment, I was like, yeah, the unknown is is a good thing. And I'm going to start to learn and try to really embrace that when something is not going the way I wanted it to go, or it's not going according to quote unquote plan, that that's actually potentially the best thing in my life. You're so hitting the nail on the head and you're, you're ringing the bell for me for one of the other pieces that is a direct connection to that is in order for us to create the opportunity for awesome things to occur, we have to make the space within our lives. Like we literally can only have so much in our life. And if we have it filled all the time and we're not willing to make a change and let go of things, then we don't have, we aren't inviting the opportunity for new things to come in. And 
that could be a job, it could be a family, it could be a relationship, it could be a new way of lifestyle, yeah. it could be absolutely anything at all, an opportunity that occurs and that is almost always, if we look at it, it's so hard to see this perspective when we're in it. Yeah. When we're in that tough transition moment and we feel like we're underwater or we're in a ditch up to our ears with challenges, it's so hard to recognize that What's likely to come from that challenging moment is a new experience will dawn and some new situation will occur and it'll probably be better for us because of it. You know, the universe presents the teacher when the student is ready. Absolutely. On that note, I say done and done. That is a beautiful place to end. And guys, people listening, as we always say, really thank you for being with us. Like, thank you for listening, for spending your time here with us, for being out in the void and sending us messages when something resonates, you know, like, again, if you're inspired to write us ever with a thought or something that strikes you, please do. I've gotten some of the most beautiful messages and I'm so grateful to get them every time. Certainly don't need them. I'm just saying, like, if you are in- inspired to ever share a- share with us, Go for it. Happy birthday, Billy Four. Yeah, Billy, happy birthday. Yeah. Nice. I love that. Uh, If you want to connect with us, you can get us on Instagram. You can DM us there. That's probably the most direct way. You can look us up on Patreon to become a member of the Trust the Journey family. We would love to have you in the group. Everybody there would love to welcome you. New members, come on, let's bring it on. We need some support here. We need a little more Patreon donations to help keep this thing going. Let's be honest here. We could use your support. (laughs) Please and thank you. And Spotify. Subscribe, follow, iTunes, follow, subscribe, rating. Give us good, some some ratings on iTunes would also help. We love you guys. Can't wait to hear from you. Yeah. Keep laughing, keep loving, and keep trusting the journey. Love you all. Love you. <laughs>